Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and today my topic is thoughts as spiritual entities. A spiritual entity is more than what we normally think of as a thought. Thoughts come and go. Thoughts are just uh, the random activity of uh, neurological firing inside of our nervous system, inside of our brain, or uh, it was just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. You see, I think thoughts are far more powerful than we give them credit for. Recently, I've been rereading Rudolf Steiner's classic book, Knowledge of Higher Worlds. And as I read through it, I realized that the word thought appeared in that book hundreds of times, and that an awful big percentage of what Steiner was talking about when he talked about gaining knowledge was about how we control our own thoughts. Now, I've talked about this in earlier episodes of In Presence in terms of affirmations about how we have the power to cancel negative thoughts, to encourage positive thoughts, to take responsibility, therefore, for each and every thought that passes through our mind. If we have a thought of anger, a thought of hatred, a thought of nastiness, a a desire to seek revenge or to punish somebody or to put somebody down, we don't have to accept that thought. That thought has spiritual energy. That thought has the power to move us in in the direction of taking action, but it's always our choice not to. And the goal of spiritual work is to learn how to cultivate the garden of your thoughts. Get rid of the weeds and let the roses bloom. Of course, roses all have thorns, but uh, that'll be the topic for another discussion. Spiritual entities. I'm saying that thoughts are spiritual entities. And what is a spiritual entity? It could be a deity. It could be a ghost. It could be an archetype. It could be a tulku or a puka. Recently, I was uh, looking at the 1950s uh, movie, Harvey. It was a very, very popular play as well. Ran for five years on Broadway about a six-foot-tall invisible rabbit, a puka. And there's a joke in Ireland, do you believe in pukas? And the answer is, well, of course not, but neither does the puka believe in me. There's a paradox around spiritual entities. Are they real or are they figments of our imagination? The thing is this, even if it is a figment of your imagination, it's a a spiritual entity. Now, Ted Owens, the PK man who I studied for 10 years, had apparently enormous psychokinetic abilities. He claimed to have more psychokinetic powers than anybody since Moses. And there's a sense in which maybe he was right, because I have in my files hundreds of demonstrations, well, to be precise, 168 uh, demonstrations in which he 
claimed he was going to cause particular effects. For example, in 1976, he wrote to Hal Putoff and Russell Targ at SRI International because they had achieved great fame for their studies of Uri Geller, the Israeli psychic, who also has psychokinetic abilities. And he said, why are you wasting your time with Geller? I'm the world's most powerful psychic, and I'm going to prove it to you because you're suffering from a drought in California. It was February 1976, if you want to look it up. And he said, I'm going to end that drought, and you're going to know that I did it because in the next few days, there's going to be rain and sleet and hail, all sorts of weird weather and snow, which you hardly ever get in California. And there will be UFO sightings and power blackouts and your local newspaper is going to report that the drought is ended within a few days. In fact, all of that happened, all of it. And Russell Targ, my friend, sent a note to Ted Owens saying that was a great prediction. And Ted Owens wrote back basically saying, hell no, that was no prediction, I caused it. And Ted Owens really meant that he caused it by virtue of a relationship he had with entities he called the space intelligences that he communicated with using a what he called a PK map. He would draw various symbols on a piece of paper and transmit those thoughts in his mind telepathically to the space intelligences, invisible beings who energy beings who lived in an invisible UFO hovering over this planet, a giant UFO. And these energy beings, he said, if you were ever to see them, they would take the form of giant insect-like creatures, six foot tall grasshoppers or praying mantises. He said, but they're really energy beings. But he called them Tweeter and Twitter because he said they made high-pitched squeaky noises. This was all very vivid in his mind. Now, the question is, what was really going on? Was it a prediction using uncanny precognition? Was it psychokinesis, the power of his mind? After all, he did call himself the PK man, and PK is the abbreviation for psychokinesis used in parapsychology? Or was he really working with space intelligence, higher dimensional entities? Now, it, this is a conundrum that occurs throughout the history of esoteric and psychic work. It certainly goes back to the Bible and the very idea of a deity who performs miracles. And I have to say, it's not an easy conundrum to solve. At the same conference in London, where I met Ted Owens, a woman named Suzanne Padfield gave a talk on psychic support figures. Suzanne Padfield had a history of uh, psychokinesis, poltergeist types of phenomena surrounded her, and she was married to a very well-known British physicist, Ted Baston at the time. He also had a big interest in parapsychology. And she said, well, in the beginning when she did this work, she believed that she was in touch with psychic entities. 
But eventually she came to realize that she was just using them to support herself emotionally, that she was really doing it herself. But it was easier for her to accept the idea that these events were caused by external forces. It took the burden off of her knowing that her ego, the small ego, that we have not the large super conscious mind, but the small ego, it can't ever do anything like that. I mean, we're, we're inside of our skin. We don't have the power to reach out into the world and cause unusual psychokinetic events, but spiritual entities do. Now, this is where we get back to Rudolf Steiner's notion about thoughts. He writes about thoughts in different ways, but at the end of the day, it's very clear to me from reading Steiner that thoughts have spiritual power, independent of the thinker. That's why some people, for example, can project themselves into another location and people see apparitions of them. They're actually thinking about being somewhere. Their thoughts are powerful. Their mind is well-trained and their thoughts are able to create effects at distant locations. That's the power of thought, but it requires discipline. It requires training or a gift or the ability to work with thoughts in that way. Most of us don't consider our thoughts to be spiritual entities. Every thought. Now, I could go on and on about this topic. It is very deep and it touches many different schools of esoteric thought and a lot of parapsychology as well. The irony is this. Parapsychologists uh, have yet to conclusively establish the existence of any spiritual entity. We, uh, we have a lot of circumstantial evidence. I think Ted Owens provided a lot of that. UFO appearances, for example. But it could have been just the power of his mind. But what does that even mean, the power of his mind? Is it the power of his brain? I'm suggesting that each and every thought that passes through your mind is a powerful spiritual entity. And I'm asking you now to think about that. What does that mean for you? How are you working with these powerful spiritual entities that pass through your mind, what, thousands every day? And I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you for being with me.